0: Hello and welcome to the Our Dad Stamps podcast. My name is Pete West and I've spent half a lifetime collecting stamps and more than 10 years buying and selling them. In these podcasts I want to share some personal stories, tips and tricks that I've learned along the way and maybe encourage a few non-philatelists to take up this fascinating and absorbing hobby. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Our Dad Stunts Podcast. My name's Pete.
1: And I'm Sheila.
0: I've been reading a book called The Blue Mauritius by Helen Morgan, and it's about the Tuppeny Mauritius Blue. And at the end of the 19th century, the Tuppeny Mauritius Blue created such a frenzy that by 1904, King George V bought one for £1,450, which was a huge amount of money in those days. So it got me thinking, when did all this interest in stamps start? We all know that the Penny Black was first printed in 1840, but at at what point did people become really interested in stamps? So I've done quite a bit of research and come up with some interesting stories and some interesting facts, and I thought that would be a good subject for today's podcast. Before I go on to that, just going back to King George V's purchase of the Tutney Mauritius Blue, there's a lovely story that goes with it. Apparently, King George V, in 1904, he was still a prince, but a very, very keen stamp collector. And as I said, he paid £1,450 for, for the Mauritius Blue. Apparently, the following morning, one of his private secretaries or one of his aides came in to him and said, Did you know, sir, that some damn fool has paid £1,450 for this stamp And uh, to which the the king replied, yes, sir, and that damn fool was me. It just goes to show how much interest there were in stamps and how much people were prepared to pay for, for special stamps. So if we go back to the beginning again, the Penny Black was first printed in 1840, as I said. Within a year, there's records of people collecting the Penny Blacks, but it was mostly for decorative purposes, And there's a story in the Times, or an advertisement in the Times, published in 1841, apparently by a young lady, being desirous of covering her dressing room with cancelled postage stamps, was asking for people to send them in stamps. And this was quite a common advert at the time, apparently, and lots of people did the same thing. Uh, And there's stories of people covering their their walls or covering their tables or covering books. Anything was covered with uh, Penny Blacks. So it sort of started in, in that time, almost immediately. But it wasn't real collected. There was only one stamp for a start. So we need to look a little bit further. And I've come across a story about somewhere called the Stamp House. And this took the whole idea of decorating your wall or your table to a whole new level. The stamp house was actually a a pub called The Rising Sun in Burstead near Bognor in in southern England and it was owned by someone called Richard Sharp who was a keen stamp collector. Apparently one day uh, one of his customers bet him that he wouldn't be able to cover part of a room with stamps within a certain time limit. So he took on the bet and with seventy-six thousand stamps, he succeeded in gluing them to the walls of his of his pub.
1: So were these stamps from his collection, or did he go and buy normal postage stamps over the counter?
0: This was some of his collection, some that he'd bought, um, and as you'll find out later, people cottoned on to the idea and just sent him stamps to achieve this. So he won his bet and covered that particular part of the wall with with stamps, but he decided that he'd take it a bit further and start covering the chairs and the tables and the rest of the walls with stamps. And he went on to cover all the floors, ceilings and walls with stamps. It is estimated that there were over two million stamps used to cover his walls. And as people became more interested and heard about it, people would send him stamps from, from all over the world. Sometimes sacks full of stamps arrived and he dutifully took them out and stuck them on his walls.
1: I wonder if this man was married. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he successfully ran a pub, apparently, so uh, he did well out of it.
1: So what was the original bet then? Somebody bet him that he wouldn't cover this wall.
0: To cover part of one wall with some with stamps. Yeah, but
1: what was the bet? I, that, I don't was know. Was there money I, involved? I
0: assume <laughs> there was money involved, right, yeah. Okay. Why else would you have a bet? But <laughs> it certainly took his interest anyway. By the late 1920s, it was estimated that the value of the stamps on the wall was £28,000, which was probably more than the pub was worth. It also included some quite valuable stamps as well, apparently. Eventually, Mr Sharp retired, but by then, over three quarters of a million visitors had signed his visiting book at the pub just to look at the walls and the things signed with stamps.
1: That is a brilliant idea to have a visitor's book,
0: though. Yes, and some important people as well have signed this visitor's book.
1: Have you managed to find any photographs of this pub?
0: I haven't, no, no, but there must be some. The sad point of it, obviously when he retired, someone else took over the pub and kept it going, but the pub closed in the 1950s and it was eventually demolished in 1957 and apparently it's now a Tesco supermarket. But what happened to those stamps, I have no idea. And I haven't been able to find out where they've all gone.
1: I mean, it would have been amazing to see some photographs of like the chairs, the tables, the walls. All yeah, yes, it would. Somebody uh, somewhere. And there must, must have... be some
0: photos around. But don't forget, this was the 1920s. So it's not like today when there's photos of everything. Instagram. <laughs> there was not quite so many photos around then. But what a brilliant story. It, I thought it was a good story. But back to the story of where stamp collecting started. So we go from that which started in the 1840s, 1850s. And by 1860, there was a growing market in stamp collecting. And in Birchin Lane near London Bridge, every Sunday morning, there was a market for trading in stamps, people buying, selling, exchanging stamps. And similar things were happening around Europe as well. In, In Paris, certainly there was some. By the 1860s, certainly people were keen stamp collectors. But at that time, it was possible, difficult, but it was possible to collect one of every stamp in the world. By the 1860s, it had passed from more than just a pastime to a serious hobby. In 1861, the first catalogues were produced. Somebody called Oscar Berger produced just a list in 1861. And also, a catalogue was produced in France by Alfred Potiquet, which was brilliantly titled, and please excuse my French, but it was the Catalogue des Timbres, Post d'On du et etat du Globe. By that time, it had listed about a thousand stamps. And in 1862, the first illustrated catalogue came out. And this was done by someone called Frederick Booty. And it is said that he got hold of nearly half a million stamps in order to get the right pictures, the right quantities, and had a lot more detail in in where these were produced and and what numbers. But up until that time, the post office never kept records of, of how many stamps were printed or how many they sold. It was just they got in what they needed and sold them and, and passed it on. So it took a lot of work to get the details. And in those early catalogues, there were mistakes. And in fact, the, the Tupney Mauritius Blue that I was talking about at the beginning was believed not to exist. It was believed to be a figment of someone's imagination well into the 1860s, 1870s. After that, the next thing that came about obviously was somewhere that you needed to keep the stamps. To begin with, people often kept them... On pieces of string, like a garland, round, that they wore round the neck, or decorated the room. I've come across them that were stamps with a hole in the middle where the piece of string went through, but it was thought to be amusing.
1: So, why were people wearing stamps around their neck? It was because they were valuable, or they thought it was a form of adornment.
0: It was a form of adornment. I, I don't expect these were the rich and famous people wearing them. But if you're not particularly well off, can't afford lots of jewellery, maybe you thought that was a, a nice thing to do.
1: But they were still made of paper, though. I mean, they're yes. very thin paper, so yes, I can't see how that could it's be... It's hard to imagine practical. these days, but
0: that was a thing in the, in the early days. Okay. So. so, yes, the first stamp album was produced in Paris in 1862. The first stamp magazine was also produced in 1862, which was the British Monthly Intelligence, apparently. So you can see by the 1860s it had become quite a popular thing. Many people were collecting stamps and spending money on them. At this time we then come across a couple of really important people from Europe who turned it into more of a science. Somebody called Jean-Baptiste Moynes who was regarded as the first dealer in stamps and he began selling them in 1852 but by the 1860s he was a regarded as one of the major experts. And he collected mint blocks of stamps in such huge numbers that it's thought that he single-handedly saved a lot of stamps from going out of existence. Another one was uh, Jacques Legrand, who published articles about watermarks and invented the perforation guide. So by the time we reached the 18, mid-1860s, 1870s, you can see that stamp collecting was really uh, a science rather than just a hobby. And in fact, the term philately was coined by another Frenchman in in the mid-1860s, a guy called Georges Herpin. So in answer to the question of when stamp collecting started, it would have to be 1860s, I think, was when it turned the corner from being just a little hobby to, to being a serious thing. However, we could go back a little earlier to find when it first became an interest. And in actual fact, it started out before stamps were produced. Which sounds a little bit bizarre, but I'll read you the story. Someone called Samuel Lord, Samuel Lord Jr., at the age of 15, was a a very, very good artist. And he decided he was going to draw the houses of where famous people had lived once upon a time. So he got a book and he drew pictures of houses, which were were very, very good. But after a couple of years, he thought he wanted to go a little bit further than that. So then went into the museums nearby to find some works from these people. And because he was a good artist, he was a good copier as well. And alongside each of these paintings or each of these drawings, he then produced a poem or something that had been written and a copied signature of the people from these houses. Fast forward another couple of years and he decided he would actually write to people that still lived in the houses who were famous. And the very first one he wrote to Thomas More, who was an Irish poet and songwriter, just to ask if he could have a piece of work to add to his his collection. Thomas More wrote back to him with a little poem inside, which I don't have a copy of, but Samuel Lord carefully opened the envelope, kept the letter, but also kept the envelope. So he now had a picture of the house, a piece of the poet's work, a letter from him, and an envelope with the penny black stamp on the front of it. And he liked the look of this, so he did the same thing to loads more poets. And within a few years, he'd actually got what could be termed as the first stamp album, because it had the envelopes with all these famous poets. Uh, He even had um, William Wordsworth's poem in there with his signature and, and an envelope. So it could be termed that that was the first stamp collection. Anyway, certainly by the 1860s, stamp collecting was truly a hobby enjoyed by many people who spent considerable amounts of money to get the stamps that they wanted. So I hope you found that interesting, something a little bit different. Before we sign off, I'd just like to give regular listeners a little bit more information. I'm going to take a couple of weeks off now for Christmas and we'll come back in the new year. But I will revamp the the setup a little bit so it's going to be more video content for those of you watching on YouTube. I will also include regular articles on things like the roundup of the British stamp magazines and regular features on articles in my collection. So... I hope you can listen back in January and enjoy the new format. I also have one other piece of news. Between a couple of weeks ago, we talked about, perhaps more than a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the One Cent Magenta that was bought by Stanley Gibbons and had planned to be sold in shares so that people could own a small part of the One Cent British Guiana Magenta. And I am pleased to say that I now own a small portion of the One Cent Magenta. If any of you would like to do it, there are still um, portions available. Who knows whether it's going to be a good investment or not, but it's just nice to be able to say that I've got one. So thank you for listening. Enjoy your Christmas and New Year. We will be back in 2022 and uh, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Thank Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and maybe you've learnt a little too. I would love to hear from you with your tips and stories. I can be found on Facebook and Instagram as Our Dad Stamps, as well as through my online shops at eBay and Derbcamp. Listen again next week for another episode of the Our Dad Stamps podcast.